Well, good morning. Oh, we got to try that. I thought you guys were awake already. Good morning. There we go. All right, we're good to go. Hey, today we are starting a new series. It's going to be a six-week series, and we're going to be focusing in on the importance of the Word of God. And so through that process, we're going to be looking at a number of things. We're going to be looking at aspects of maybe how we study the Bible, some issues about how the history of the Bible and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to focus in today, and we're going to start today talking about just the Word and the fact where it came from, i.e. from God, and that kind of stuff. Now, I want to bring your attention to a number of things. First of all, this is one of those series where I would encourage you to really be connected to a life group. Because during our life groups this week, we're going to talk about some of the themes that we talk about in the message. So in your bulletin, you're going to see where life groups happen. If you're not connected to a life group, you can jot down on the communication card. Let me pull this real right, real here. This is our communication card. Connor talked about it a few minutes ago. If you're not connected to a life group, I would encourage you to get connected. You can look at the bulletin and say... This night works for me, or this location works for me, and just show up. You can just show up. Don't feel like you call. You don't have to call ahead. Can I come? You can come. Okay? So don't worry. The door is open. The invitation is there. You are free to come. So, but maybe you're saying, I'm not sure where I should go. Take a minute. Fill this out. Let me know. Say, hey, Andrew, I want to be connected to a life group. Give me a call. Can you call me like tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening and talk to me about this so that we can get connected? We'll give you a buzz tomorrow. But put put that down here. We'd love to see you get connected to a life group because this is one of those great weeks and great series to be connected to a life group. Now I'm going to go through this a little bit more, but you're going to see at the bottom of the notes on, on, on our thing here a number of things that we're going to walk through that. So this is important because we're going to be encouraging you every day to spend some time in the Word. And so as you'll look at that, you'll see that I said day one, day two. Now this is why I did that. I'm going to let you decide what day it is. So maybe it's today. Maybe today is day one, but maybe you're saying, no, tomorrow's going to be day one. That's okay. But day one, day two, and we figure it's a week, so we give you day one to day seven. But each week, we're going to be providing a, a, a scripture reading for you to think through the scriptures and read through the scriptures not all the scriptures. We're not, don't worry, we're not going to read through the entire Bible in the next six weeks. But we want to encourage you to read some scripture every day. So we have that here. In particular, for this week, we're going to be looking at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a great psalm, and the psalmist is talking about how amazing the Word of God is, and he's reading through and, and praising God for the Word. So I just want to encourage you then, this week, to read through Psalm 119. We have it mapped out there for you. So let's have a word of prayer, and we'll jump into things. Let's pray together. Father, I just want to say thank you so very much for your richness, for your goodness to us, for the amazing ways you provide for us, for the amazing ways you watch over us and meet our needs. And Father, one of those amazing ways that you do that is through your word, through the work of your spirit in us, and just ministering to us and guiding us and directing us. But Father, this morning as we take time to look at your word and to think about your word, Father, we would ask that you would guide our time and build into us and strengthen us in this journey. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, there's a number of scriptures we're going to look at this morning, and I want to start in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. 
Now, when we do dedications, and we, this is often one of those passages when we have a family that stands before us and, and they say, we want to dedicate our child to the Lord. This is a passage we would often read a portion of. And so we're going to read through that. But, he, but there's aspects here that I think are really important. So it says, beginning of verse 1, this is the command, the statutes and ordinances that your neighbor has given you. Or, how about, this is the command, the statute and ordinances, I read them the other day, they were really cool, and I thought you should hear about them. How about this? This is the command, the statutes and ordinances, I read them in Reader's Digest, the condensed version, they were really good. Or I picked them up in the New York Post, and I looked at them with a great article, no. No. No, this is the command. The statutes and ordinances, who? The Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. So that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Do this, but, but pause, just say, go back to verse 1 real quick. Who is it coming from? It's coming from the Lord. This is one of the things you need to start to understand as we start to talk about the scriptures when we're walking through this. The Bible comes from God. In fact, just pause. I'll probably say this a few times during the series. If you have, have you ever said, I wish I could just hear from God? Have you ever said that in your life? I just wish I could hear from God. You can't. Just pick up the Bible and start to read. Because the Bible is God's communication to us. So often, we're, we're, where's the voice? I, there's got to be a voice. You know, we're waiting. Hello. That's what we're often waiting for. Are you listening? You know, we, we, we kind of wait. We're wondering. That's, that's what we think when we said, I want to hear from God. But when we come to the Word, now, you're going to see me point to my computer and you're going to say, boy, Microsoft or Apple is really good. No, my Bible is on my computer. So if I point my, to my Bible, I'm talking, I'm pointing to my Bible on my computer here. But when we come to the Word of God, this is the Word of God. This is God having a conversation. This is stuff God's saying to us that He wants us to hear, that He wants us to know, things that He wants us to understand. And so when you say, I would love to hear from God, I would love to hear from God, just sit down and start spending some time reading his word and you're going to be hearing from God the things that God has communicated to us over history that God wants us to know, that God wants us to understand. You can hear from God and you can hold his message in your hands every day and read it every day. So this is the command, the statutes, the ordinances, the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Verse 2, do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commands. Do you catch that part? God is not giving this just so that we know about it. Have you ever had that conversation with somebody where someone says, they start to talk, and they start to tell you stuff you need to know, and you go, I know that already. You're, you're, you're repeating information I've already received. 
But the purpose here is not to give you information. The goal is to help you learn to walk with God so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life. The goal as he's giving his command, the goal as he's revealing himself is so that we will learn to walk with God and know God all the days of my life. It's not about giving information. Now during my lifetime, I have listened to our politicians talk about all of these problems that happen all around us. And so what they say is we need more information. No, we don't need more information. We need to act on the information we've received. Most Christians don't need more information on how to walk with God, how to follow God, how to experience God in their lives. There's not a single Christian that really needs more information. What they need to do is they need to apply the information they already have. God has given us his word so that we can learn to walk with him and know him and experience him and have a transformed life in our journey. I'm giving you, it says, so do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commandments I am giving you, your son, your grandson, and so that your life, so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly. Excuse me, because the Lord, the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. See, he doesn't just want them on pieces of paper. He doesn't want them on parchments of, or, or parchments or tablets of stone. He wants them in our spirit, in our heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your city gates. And so as he comes here and as he talks about this, he's saying, this is the word of the Lord. God is communicating. Listen. Here's another verse. This is in the New Testament, Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, patience, Humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another as you have a grievance against one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you so that you also are to be forgiven. Above all, put on love, which is a perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called, be one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Now catch this next part, because this is the key of what we're looking at. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, among you, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, God the Father through him. But now let's go back and look particularly at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. 
coming back and he's talking about the specific teachings of Jesus. Those teachings which were recorded for us in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those teachings which the apostles at different times would teach others. And so when we would look at the rest of the New Testament, we would see things that they are saying that this is what the Lord said, or these are the things the Lord taught, or these are the things that God wants you to know. Listening to the teachings of Jesus. These are things that should shape our lives, that should define our lives, that should be characteristics in our lives. And again, it's not about the accumulating of information. And this is why I was reading it in context. It's about seeing our lives changed. It's about seeing our lives transformed as we read that word, as we listen to that word, and as we incorporate that word into our lives. How about one more? Psalm 19, verses 7 to 11. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. Do you catch the things he is saying about the word of God and the instruction and teaching of God? They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them there is an abundant reward. I love this part. In, in particular, I see this really happening in, in, in Proverbs, but also in other areas as well. But he said, when I listen to the word and I, I listen to the instruction of the word of God, I am warned. God is telling me, be careful of this, be careful of that. I really see that I have really enjoyed reading the beginning of Proverbs. And as you read in the beginning of Proverbs, Solomon is talking to his son. And as he talks to his son, he says, my son, listen to my instruction, listen to my words. Now as I'm talking to you, these are things I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you to avoid these things. Don't go over here. Don't go do these things. Don't go do that thing. If you if you start messing with this stuff over here, it's going to really be destructive. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to mess you up. Now have you ever had a conversation with somebody where you're telling them, don't do those, don't do this, don't do that, don't do these other things because if you do them, they're horrible. They're going to do terrible things in your life. Don't do that. Has that ever happened in your life? Every parent parents' hands should be up. But if you have done that, it all happens. Okay? Now, what happens to the kids? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, Mom. Okay, Dad. I'll be back. <laughs> and invariably, our kids don't listen to us, or sometimes the people that we're talking to don't listen to us. They don't go down that path. They go down that road, and boom! They get slammed by life. They get up in a pile and, and they dust themselves off and they say, whoa, what just happened to me? That, whoa, I just got flattened. And mom and dad or this other person, they're going, well, well, yeah, I just told you to not go over there. I just told you not to do that. I just told you that was like an incredibly dumb thing to do and you didn't listen. That's what God's word does. God's word tells us 
so much stuff of things that we should avoid, but it also tells us the things we should do. This is again what I love about what Solomon says. My son, don't do these things over here. Instead, I want you to do these things. And my son, if you do these things, if you kind of pay attention to what I'm telling you and you do these things, man, it's going to work great. And I'm finally go, okay, I'll try it. I go, this is really working good. I can't believe how it's all kind of coming together. And God goes, well, yeah. You're listening to me now and you're kind of following the things I've encouraged you to do. When you do those things, it works. I love what he says. In addition, your servant is warned by them and in keeping them, there is an abundant reward. Now, I've just picked three verses here through three sections of, of scriptures to look at where we see the reality where, where, where scripture says, this is what God says. This is the word of God. Listen to what the word says. And again, we're going to read through Psalm 119 this week. And as you read through Psalm 119, all through the psalm, it's, I think it's the longest psalm and probably the longest tra- chapter in scripture. All through Psalm 119, the psalmist is talking about the amazingness of the Word of God and how it works in his life and how it helps his life and and how it strengthens and nurtures and encourages his life and then the awesomeness and the amazingness of the Word. But all through Scripture, you're going to see, thus says the Lord. You're going to read through the Old Testament and 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 you're going to read the different things and you're going to see, and God... God appeared to, to Joshua, or the Lord, I'm thinking of uh, Jeremiah. God talked to Jeremiah and says, this is the message I want you to bring. This is the message I want you to communicate. Or, or Isaiah, Isaiah, I want you to go to so-and-so, and this is what I want you to say. And you're going to read through the scriptures, and all through the scriptures, you're going to see the, the various ways that God constantly is communicating, this is what I want you to know. These are the things I want you to understand. You see that all through scripture. So one of the things I want you to understand this morning is that God's word is God's communication to us. The Bible is God communicating to us what he wants us to know, what he wants us to understand. And he is communicating to us guidelines and boundaries and instructions that if we listen and follow what God is telling us, we're going to we're going to be able to walk and live a life that's going to be so much more fulfilling and so much more satisfying and so much more devoid of of trouble that we create for ourselves because we're learning to listen to what God has to say and God's blessing comes as we listen to what his word says. Now, there are warnings, some warnings that exist here. And here's what's interesting to me. So we, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 4, again, this is, this is Moses speaking to the nation of Israel. And again, you, you know, Moses went up to the mountain and he got the Ten Commandments, but he didn't just get the Ten Commandments to give to the nation of Israel. He got so much more to give and so much more to communicate. And what's interesting is you find this language and this communication in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We're going to read the passage from the New Testament as well. 
But he says, now Israel, listen to the statutes and ordinances I am teaching you to follow. So that you may live, enter, and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Now catch this next part. You must not add anything to what I command you or take anything away from it. Do you ever get this part? Think about what happened in the Garden of Eden. Eve added to the conversation. She added. So when God talked to Adam and brought him through the garden and and showed him everything in the garden, he brought him to the trees of knowledge of good and evil and he says, don't eat. But when Eve was tempted, she said, we're not supposed to eat it or even touch it. God never said don't touch it. He said don't eat. Because here's the issue. When you start to add to that and you say, well, he also said don't touch it. And you grab up and you pull it down and you grab the fruit and nothing happens. You start to say, well, gee, I've touched it. Nothing happened. Well, God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. He didn't say don't look at it. He didn't say don't walk near it. He didn't say. He just said don't eat it. But do you ever find that at times with people they add to what is going on? The Talmud does that, by the way. The Jewish Talmud. But he says don't add to it and also don't take away. You know sometimes how for brevity we give the cliff note version of things instead of the full version of things? Give you a fun story from my life. When I was in college, I was a part of a touring group. And in that touring group, my responsibility was the lighting. So I would set up the lighting and I would run the lighting during the shows and that kind of stuff. And my responsibility was to show up and go to the main, main breaker in the building and, and wire into the main breaker. And I had these big alligator clips that I would put on the, the, the systems. And typically I was t- tying into a 220 triple phase. And so you put, hit one phase and hit another phase. And if you don't know electricity, I'm already past you. I'm sorry about that. But here's the reality. Electricity comes in and it's pulsed. And, but so much stuff is coming through, they don't want it all just to come through one line. And so they take it to the box and out the bottom comes the power all flowing together really nice. So they taught me how to do this. But they gave me the cliff note version. They said nothing to me about the risk involved. And one day, I was hooking up the alligator clips to one of the bolts in the triple phase, 220 triple phase. And as I was doing that, the alligator, the tool I was using on this side was touched to one phase. And just a little bit, I nicked the middle phase. You, you know what I'm doing, what's about to happen, right? I almost got killed. No clue. 
I should have been killed. The entire building was blown out, blew out a transformer. A shower of sparks and electricity went flying over my head. I had a light show going on. My own personal firework display. They didn't give me enough information. They gave me the cliff note version. I would have liked to have had a little bit more information. Now, the truth of the matter is, after I did that, they totally changed policy and procedure. They said, we're not going to have another dummy come in and do this again. They changed policy and procedure. But I wasn't given enough information. And I didn't realize the danger I was in. So, don't, don't, don't say more, but don't say less. Here's what's interesting with the Talmud. And if you listen to the Jewish community, they listen to the Old Testament scriptures, but they in particular follow the Talmud. And after the fall of Jerusalem, there, was, there were two different works where the Jewish, Jewish community started to, to really define what it meant to listen to God. Because what happened is when, the, and we'll talk about this more, but God brought judgment on a nation of Israel and he punished them because they chose not to obey. And so both back in the promised land there was a group, but also in Babylon there was a group, and mostly they listened to the, then they followed the, the Babylonian Talmud. So what they started to do is they said, well, we need to really define what it means to follow God. And so they would take the instructions of God that were general, and they started to delineate down everything that it meant. Essentially what they started to do is they started to add to the scriptures by qualifying, defining what it means. And so they added to scripture so that it's very rigid and very instructed, structured. They added to. Here's the next passage to think about. Revelation. Before I go there, let's go back for a second. You're going to go through scripture and you're going to go through the Old Testament. And here's one of the things you're going to find. All through the Old Testament... All of the Old Testament goes back and references what Moses gave the nation of Israel. So as the prophets speak to the nation, as the prophets confront the nation, as people teach and as people instruct, and as you kind of walk through the process of the Old Testament, you don't find additional instruction on how to approach God except for what is given in the law. But you see God through the prophets referencing back and coming back and talking and pointing back to that saying, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. You see the consistency of God through the, even through the prophets coming back and pointing back to the law that was given and how they didn't listen or follow or honor what God had given. Or you can look at the Psalms and they're celebrating what God has given and they're rejoicing in what is given and they're, and they're declaring the amazingness of the word but they're not adding to the law that was given. You then find yourself in Revelation, chapter 22. And now this is the end of the New Testament. And you might ask yourself the question, pause for a second, Andrew, you're talking about the New Testament. Well, yes, we have the New Testament, because in Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law. So all that Moses had written and all that Moses had talked about, Jesus fulfilled the law. 
And so now as Jesus fulfilled the law, there was a new revelation because there was a new covenant that was being established. Because that which had been initially given was now fulfilled. And we find in Revelation... He says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And verse 19, if anyone takes away from the words of this book, this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city which are written about in this book. Again, what do we see? The warning about adding to and the warning against taking away. Now what's striking to me is this. This is in the last chapter, in the last book. And I think this is a reference to all that had been written and all that had been recorded. And I think the challenge that's being given is nothing else is to be added and also nothing should be taken away. And we talk about this chronologically as well. The last book of scripture written was the book of Revelation. It was written somewhere in the AD 90s. Most of the rest of the New Testament was written in the 40s to the 70s. But the book of Revelation was written somewhere in the AD 90s. And it's not lost to me that this is the last book written and the final challenge before he finishes the book over the next couple of verses is do not add to and do not take away from what is recorded in this book that is recorded in the scriptures. Now, there's a challenge and there's a warning to us. Why? Because this is God communicating to us. God is saying, this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to understand. This is what I want you to use as you think about life and as you are following instructions in life. Therefore, don't add to it and don't take away from it. But I want you to listen and I want you to apply. Now there's two more passages that stand out. And this kind of drives home where it came from. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God. So when we look at the Bible, we look at the Old Testament and New Testament, no one, what he's saying is no one sat down and said, you know... I think it's time to write a letter. I think it's time to write my thoughts out. All scripture, all that we have from Genesis to Revelation is inspired by God. It means that God was the initiator of the process. And it is profitable for, for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. For teaching us and helping us to know and understand those things we don't know. For rebuking, that's for being, stop that, don't do that. For correcting, don't do that. This is how we want you to do this. This is, after I crossed phases, there was some rebuking that took place. There was some correcting that took place. From this point forward, this is how you need to do it correctly. And then there was training. 
Training is that repetitive process so that we nail it and so that we get it down. And again, it's useful for all of these things. For teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training. To help us in our journey so that we can become who Jesus wants us to be. Look at verse 17. So that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Again, you get the whole idea here? We're not being, God hasn't given us his word so that we can have really fat, thick heads filled with information. God has given us his word so that we can learn and have transformed lives. So that we can live differently. So that we can live better. We can live more fulfilled lives. So that we can be transformed by the very words of God. Why? Because God created us. God made us. God designed us. And God made us to walk with him and to know him and to have a relationship with him. And so then as we listen to what God's word says, as we listen to the instruction that he gives us, as he listens, as we listen to the things he's mapped out for us to hear and understand, and as we apply those things, we start to learn to live in alignment with who God is and with what God wants us to know and do. That can only be good. That can only be good. Why? Because we're starting to live in alignment with the one who created us. We're starting to live in alignment with the purposes he shaped us to fulfill. So we may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then 2 Peter. I want to read it in context. And then I specifically want to come back and look at verses 20 and 21. But I think context is important. But listen to what he says here. He says, For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. They were there. Peter's writing, he says, I was there when I heard from heaven the voice of God from heaven talking about Jesus and the voice of God from heaven saying this about Jesus. I was there is what he is saying. He says, we ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. We also had the prophetic word strongly conformed, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Guys, God has given us the message to proclaim, you should be listening. He says, above all, you know this, no prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so he's having this conversation. He says, guys, I want you to listen to me. I was there. I'm an eyewitness. And God has commissioned me and God has called me and sent me to have a conversation with you. God has sent me to, be, to declare these things to you. But I also want you to 
understand this. No one who was sent from God does so because they've chosen to do so. They are doing that because they have been sent. Now let's go back again and look at verses 20 to 21. Above all, you know this. No prophecy of scripture comes from the own prophets, the prophet's own interpretation. It doesn't come from him. He didn't have a bad plate of lasagna last night and therefore have weird funky dreams and woke up this morning saying I've had a vision not what's going on when a prophet is moved when a person from who is a message from God they are moved by the presence of the spirit of God the process of giving the word of God, the, prophet, the process of communicating the word of God does not come because someone stood up one day and said, I think I'm going to do this. No, it's because of the active prompting and prodding of God. Because no prophecy, verse 21, no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And again, so we look at the Bible, we look at the scriptures, and we hold those scriptures in our hand, and we need to recognize that what we are holding in our hand is not a bunch of people's ideas. And not just a bunch of people's interpretations of life and religion. But we are holding in our hands the act of prompting and prodding of God in individuals' lives to communicate God's message, to communicate God's truth. And as they did that, they were carried along by the Holy Spirit so that as they are writing, they are recording exactly the message that God wants communicated. See, when we pick up the scriptures and we call it the Word of God, We're holding the word of God. We're holding what God has wanted to communicate to you and to me. See, the Bible is super, super important because that is the pathway through which we discover who God is and what God wants us to know. The word of God is incredibly important in our lives. That's a come we're doing this series. That's how come we're spending these six weeks, again, walking through this process and helping us to understand the Word of God, understanding its history, its heritage, all that kind of stuff, because the Word of God is incredibly important. That's how come every Sunday, Connor or I or someone else doesn't stand up here and then say to you, now here's stuff we want you to think about and here's a thought for the day. This is how come we don't do TED Talks. We stand here and we say, okay, this is the word of God. And we stand in front of you and we say, this is what God's word says. And the focus of our conversation and the focus of our time is not giving you our opinions about life. 
not reading to you someone else's opinions about life, but rather we take the time to walk through Scripture and teach what God's Word has to say. Why? Because what we have to say, that which is of value, that which is of significance, that which is of meaning, that which is of importance to us, is not our opinions but rather the Word of God and what the Word of God has to say. It's that important. It is absolutely that important. We want to encourage you to dive into the Word over these coming weeks. To spend time in the Word every day. Growing and learning in your knowledge and in your understanding of who God is, but also and deeper and deeper appreciation for what God has given to us through the Word of God. Now, a couple of things. Again, repeat what I said at the beginning. You're going to see different readings for the week. You pick what day one is. I won't pick day one for you. But take the time this week to read through these individual readings. And we can rush through. We can rush through and, and we can hurry through and, okay, I'm done. 30 seconds, I'm done. We could sit down and take a few minutes and read through all of Psalm 19. Okay, I've done all seven days in one day. Finished. I would encourage you not to do that. I would encourage you to take the time to read through each one of these sets of verses each day. As you do that, I would encourage you to ask this question. What is the writer saying? What is he saying? Recognizing that the writer is trying to communicate something and ultimately the writer is talking to you, but the Holy Spirit, God, is talking to you through what is being written. Ask the question, what does this mean for today? What does this mean for today? And then that next question, how does this apply to my life? Because, again, as we've been talking about this, God didn't give us the Bible and God didn't give us everything in scriptures so that we could have fuller and fuller heads. Does God want our knowledge and understanding to grow? Absolutely. But God wants it at our fingertips. He wants it at the balls of our feet. He wants us to learn to live out the truth of his word and to walk it, to to handle it, and to live life every day as transformed men and women. So ask the question, what does it mean for me today? How does this apply to my life? Now, can I say something there too? Don't make a list of like 20 or 30 things. Because you're going to walk away from that list going, I can't do this. This is like way too much. Highlight one or two key things. You know, for today, I want to try to focus in on this. Or maybe for this week, I want to focus in on this. And this is what I really want to apply. And this is what I really want to wrestle through. So you could make a massive list. If you want to make a massive list, make that massive list. But then after you make that massive list, just pick one or two things. Don't try to do the whole list. Because the truth of the matter is, we could all make huge lists. And then we would feel defeated. And God doesn't want us defeated. He wants us to live in victory. Now, some things to consider. Practice meditating. And I'm going to turn at this, and this is real quick, Joshua 1.8. This is great. 
He says, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Meditate. Now again, when we talk about meditating, the contemporary worldview is shaped by Eastern mysticism and the whole idea of meditating is I'm emptying my mind. No. That's not, that's not what meditation is all about. Meditating is looking at that scripture and thinking about it and chewing on it. I grew up in dairy country. I can look out my window and I can see the cows chewing the grass. And again, you have that whole thing, the grass is always green on the other side of the fence. It's amazing. You have cows, they have acres and acres and acres of ground to walk on and they're always up at the fence with their head through the fence getting stuff just outside the fence. Okay? But here's what's interesting with those cows. You would think they would chew that grass, swallow it, and done. But they don't. They chew that grass, they swallow it, a little bit later they go, and they start chewing again. It's called chewing their cud. And then they swallow it, it goes into a different stomach, and they go, then they start chewing some more. That's what we should be doing with the Word of God. Chewing on it. No, I'm not saying we're cows. So I'm not going there. But, but I can move pretty good. I grew up in dairy country. Now, we should be spending time in the Word. Listening to the Word. Kind of chewing on it. Mulling on it. Maybe we, we, there's a particular verse that we're going to write down. We, we write it on a three by five card or we print it out and we maybe put it on our phone or we tape it to the steering wheel. Not to the steering wheel, to the dashboard of our car. We shouldn't put it on the steering wheel. It's just stuff to read when we're doing this. <laughs> so, but we tape it to the dashboard or something else. We maybe bring it with us. We put it in our wallet or we put it in our purse, whatever. But we kind of chew on it and think about it and think about what does this mean and how does this apply. And we kind of ruminate on those verses. That's what meditation is all about. So I encourage you to think about the process of meditation. Read systematically. You know? Read through a chapter. Read through a book. Again, as I was reading earlier today on on one verse, I said I want to read it in context because you see the flow of what's happening. Read the Bible over and over again. It's amazing to me as I read the Bible how as I read it, I come back and something jumps off the page that I hadn't seen before and I've already read that that passage dozens of times. But you read it over and over as God just works in your life and allowing the word just to flow over your life. And I heard this quote. This is a quote from Rick Warren which I really kind of enjoyed. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do. Have you thought about that? You only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually do. So when we read through the read through the scriptures, it gives us instruction. It tells us and encourages us in ways that we should live. But sometimes we say to ourselves, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. Have you ever said that to yourself? Well, then you're really not believing that section. You're kind of setting that aside. You only believe the parts that you actually do. I encourage you to chew on that and think on that a little bit. Now, this week in Life Group, 
We're going to walk through a number of these things. We're going to ask a number of questions. And again, I would encourage you to be connected to a life group. You have questions, I would love for you to ask me a question and follow up. Write a note on the, on the communication card. We'll follow up. We'll talk about this stuff. But in our life groups this week, we're going to spend some time walking through the things we're talking about and walking through Scripture again. I really want to encourage you over these next six weeks One, fall in love with the Word of God and really love it because it's amazing. And then two, learn to spend time with God on a regular basis. All right? Let's pray together. Father, I want to say thank you so very much for your richness and for your goodness to us. Father, for the privilege you give us to read your word, to engage with your word, to interact with it and allow it to build into us and shape us and transform us. Father, as we head into this week, Father, I would ask that you would be exalted and you would be glorified in us and through us. Father, I would ask you to help us to just start to practice that simple discipline of spending some time reading your word every day. Five minutes, ten minutes, just taking a little bit of time to read your word and to think about it, what it means in our lives. Father, guide us, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen.